right. Good morning, everybody. We'll see how that sounds. We didn't quite do a sound check with my mic, so it sounds a little like I'm in a hole. If we could adjust that, that would be great. It might just be me, but I feel like, help me, I'm in a hole. I can't get out. So Johnny, help him. So anyway, um, we're, we're working on that as we go, but what a beautiful day. We thought we'd open the windows, get a little breeze going, huh? Come on. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Uh, thanks for being indoors, at least kind of indoors here for a couple minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll try to have service th- between sirens today as we do this. this is, welcome, to, welcome to Birch Bay in the summer. So if you are new, you, as Chris mentioned, the, the video at the beginning, you know, people come and they not, might not hear everything about all the little details about being involved here at, at CTK North Bay. But there is a connection card. If you are new, we'd love to help you just take any kind of next steps with us of getting involved in, in serving or small groups or, you know, if you're here more long term. If you're coming and going, we're great. It's great to have you come back and join us when you're back in the area or even in the summer you're with us. But there is a place for a prayer request. And so the best thing we could do for you is to pray for you and pray for those needs. So we take those seriously. We do believe, as Chris mentioned, we believe in a God that heals. God heals in his time and his ways and how he's going to do that. It could be physical needs. It could be emotional healing. Many people need that. So whatever you want to express on behalf of yourself or others to be praying. But that's a way we can communicate. If you're new, we have a little gift for you in the back, a little water ball. I'll give you on the way out to say thanks, remind us to be. And if you take that with you and you don't ever come back, you at least got it to uh, think of us and pray for us. If you're traveling through or coming back again. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great to do that. I just want to hit, I just a couple of things happening. I mentioned serving. Each year we try to have this one event where we try to appreciate all the volunteers, the folks that serve in the church. It's, we're kind of moving from an army to an, uh, an audience to an army. And we want to equip those and we want to encourage those that serve, whether you're doing coffee and parking or kids or whatever, leading a small group or whatever it might be. So we do the serving appreciation barbecue. It's this evening. It is at 530, right? 530. It says to RSVP, if you didn't do that, um, well, it's not too late. You just got to let us know if you haven't done that. We're just trying to make sure we have a good head count for food tonight, but it's already purchased, already ready to go for you. If you don't know the address... You just need to find somebody that has the address. So ask around for that. Ad- no, you can, you can text me or ask me afterwards or one of our staff to do that. Our staff is putting it on tonight. The people that work at Paychecks, we're putting this on. Do I have to bring anything? No, it's for you. We're having, and I heard this, we're having raffle. We're having a, some door prizes. There's some games. You can win some cool gift cards and stuff. So we're just having a good time together. I hope you can be part of that. And then another thing is coming up this week is our parent night. And I love what's happening. There's a group of people that want to serve our families in our community. And if you are a parent, your parents, and you have little ones, and you're like, I could just use a break. I love my children. I just don't, I just would love not being with them for at least three hours. And so we're offering this free event. It's a movie night, food, games, everything for that from five to eight. So you simply drop them off no strings attached. The only thing is you have to come back. You have to pick them up at 8 o'clock. And so there is some cards in the back, some information how to do that. If you are a grandparent and you have kids that have kids and you're like, they need a date night, 
They need, this is something also, because we want to reach out into our community and continue to build young families and reach in and say, we love you families and we want to be there for you. For, so it's this coming week that's happening to do that. But I'm going to invite Dwayne Viss to come. And Dwayne has served for many years. We are old friends, and we're getting older each year, aren't we, Dwayne? And we started on the mission field together in Mexico that we got to know each other. Uh, we got to know each other really well because we slept bunks next to each other. And there was a fire in the hills, and they, we had to sleep with our clothes on, and we had our suitcase duffel bag packed just in case we had to evacuate. We didn't really sleep well that week, but we got some work done, and we built stuff, and, and so we're still doing stuff and globally. So you serve as our global director of missions, and we list the ministries. You can go to our mission page for that, but we have a new one. So you want to tell us what's happening with the new one? So... We were approached, uh, I don't know, about six months ago um, by a man named Tom Hackett. Uh, he does Dwellings, which was an organization that we supported before. Uh, they build homes, uh, dwellings in Honduras, uh, which we have sent teams down to help build homes. Um, and they do it for the very poor. So Tom called up Dan and I and said, hey, let's have a meeting. We have a new adventure. And we said, oh, okay, well, what's the new adventure? And he just said coffee. And Dan and I were like, we're there. We will meet with you. Um, so what they do is, is they are now building homes in Colombia. And so they, apparently there's a shortage of coffee pickers because the housing is so horrible there, they can't keep workers. So I was doing a little research on, on this and they, uh, so a, a normal coffee picker makes about $30 a day if they can pick 440 pounds of coffee. Um, <laughs> So it basically works out to they earn about um, $15 for a two-pound bag, or 15 cents for a two-pound bag of coffee, which we pay $32 for at Starbucks. So it kind of puts a little perspective. Um, so they don't have very much money. Um, they're very, very poor in Colombia. And so what Tom has done with Dwellings is they've started a new project called Coffee Homes. And they go into the region of Columbia and they build houses for selected families that, that meet the criteria. Um, and they'll build homes that they can have, um, you know, a safe sleeping environment, safe quarters. And they also do uh, ministry. And so they're partnering not only with our church, but many churches throughout the U.S. And they also partner with coffee shops. Um, so I encourage all of you to go to their, you can go onto our website and then click on the global ministries and you will see their website and it'll give all the information of, of the great work they're doing in Columbia. And we look forward to hopefully in the future being a part of that and going down and, and traveling down there and being able to build a home. So we wanna thank you guys for all your support and everything that you guys have done throughout the years. So thank you. Thanks. Grady, yep. just almost, we kept this built right here that almost tipped over, but we're good. Talk about building things like, well, we have to, we have to rebuild uh, here in a month. Thanks, Dwayne. And just as he mentioned, we, if you give to, in the church, if you support in your tithes and offerings, we give away a portion of what we do here away. So it's, there's a, we tithe away in a sense. We give you know, close to 10% and, uh, and we support local work and global work to do that. But you also can give beyond that as well. So if you can click on that page on our website, you'll have to go under missions. I think it's under about, or I think it's actually serve page and you'll see our, our global page there to look that up and click on that. It's an interesting thing to be a part of. And uh, well, we love coffee, but we love people more, don't we? And be able to help and for sustainable growth for folks and around the world. 
So obviously we're, we're, we're talking about building, you know, building, building houses in Honduras, but we're going to talk about building today. And we're continuing our series, Grace and Grit. We're going through unpacking the parables of Jesus this summer. And Jesus really was a person that was about building on kingdom, kingdom principles that he had. He had things he wanted to communicate, and he did it in a clever way. He did it through story. I think some of the best ways you can communicate anything is through story, because you, you, you can share a bunch of facts, and you'll hear facts, but anytime you, anytime you share a story, people lean in a little bit, and that's what Jesus was doing as a part of that. So we're talking about building today, and I want to start with talking several years ago. We had some family friends down in the South Puget Sound, and they built a beautiful home over a bluff. In fact, it was a beautiful neighborhood, multi-million dollar home. And it's one of those homes that you walk into that, you know, you know there was a designer. It's, they, you could have featured on HGTV kind of thing and tours and things. It was one of those just beautifully architected home and, and designed. It had a, you know, had a theater, you know, as a kid. It was like, oh, it's always like have your own movie theater. It was just one of those beautiful homes. But over time, I ended up hearing is that it was beautiful on the outside, but it was crumbling on the inside. Literally, there there was moisture in the walls and it began to crumble within. It wasn't just that home, but it was multiple homes. And what we come find out, it was fault of the builder. The builder was using the wrong materials. I can't tell you what it was, but it was like, it wasn't good. And the houses, these multi-million dollar homes overlooking the beautiful Puget Sound had to be torn down in this neighborhood. Now, I know when we walk into homes, you, you might be walked in someone's home and go, wow, what a beautiful house you have, right? And what we look at is maybe how it was decorated, how it was, how it was uh, laid out and the design and everything like that. And it is, it can be a beautiful home. But no, a lot of people don't do this. They go, wow, what a great builder you have, Right? Because we don't look at what is necessarily built be behind everything and within everything. We don't go, oh my, what a, what a wonderful, you must, you must, unless you're a carpenter, you must use these type of, you know, two by fours or how, though, you know, no one describes what's in the home that you don't see. Oh, wow, I, I bet you have a really nice foundation, right? Nobody says those things. Those are, the, those are boring things, right? Those don't really, they don't have the, the pizzazz and the flair that this. But yet you know how important it is that you know that the, the bones of the house, the, the structure of the house is so important. I think it's the same way in our own lives, isn't it? We get caught up on the outside. We caught up with what we wear, what we do, what we, what we eat, where, you know, our, our fashionability, style matters, and aesthetics matter. And yet we don't spend a lot of time in the internal part of us. The, 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 what, how are we built in the, in the inside? So the question I have for us today is how are, you, how are you building your life? How are you really building your life in, 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 in from, the, from the inside out? And, and in the world standards, we, again, look at the aesthetics, and we look kind of building on the outside, but there's, what we find, though, is there's some interior things in our lives if we don't take care of and we don't build right, begin to crumble, crumble from within. And we don't, if we don't pay attention, we're going to find that along the lines there's going to be, there's going to be a problem, there's going to be a challenge. And so as we do this grace and grit series where we need a whole lot of grace, Jesus calls us to a little bit of grit. He calls us to step in and make some intentional efforts toward our own life of how are we building, and really, as we know this, who are we building our life on? 
And so one of the, the parables that Jesus tells is actually built in the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 7, I want to read, it's almost like a kind of a blueprint for us, how we build our lives, and again, who we build our life on. And I like how it reads in the message translation. So it just gives a little color and flair to it as we talk about building Jesus' way. It says this, it says, These words I speak to you, not as incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you, if you work these words in your life, if you work these words in your life, you are like a smart carpenter who builds his house on a solid rock, rain poured down, the rivers flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you, if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house, hey, this is the Bible, it says here, on the sandy beach. When a storm rolls in and the waves come up, it collapses like a house of cards. Notice it says this, when a storm rolls in. Not if, but when. We know. We know. We live in Birch Bay. We know. We, we, we got king tides on, you know, come in the wintertime. We know there will be a time. There will be a season for that. I love coming up in here. A couple of weeks we have the, the, the Birch Bay sand sculpting event. And I always, and I've, I've talked about this before, I love going there and seeing all the, 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 the teams and the, even little children and all their families working really, really hard all day. And there's, there's a competition and there's, there's prizes and everything. And then the next morning you drive by and it's all gone. It's all that effort, all that work. The same thing in our own lives, isn't it? All the efforts and all the things that we try to prop out of our life, they really are kind of faulty foundations that we have. And I just wanted to highlight a few of those that we put, almost you say pillars in your life, building blocks in your life, that you spend time, and you and, you and I spend time, and in them themselves are not necessarily bad, but we can rest our lives on them that are not always good. One of those things that we can put our time or put our energies and put our our stock into and build our life on is well it's popularity now growing up you probably wanted to be you wanted to be popular right and so you you did that you focus on being cool do you remember those days trying to be cool trying to it's funny how you try to fit in but then you didn't want to fit in and you try to be and we do that and you you realize you kind of feel like you grew up past that and then you had a then you had a class reunion and then you show up there and going, wow, do I still fit in with this crowd? And some of the same people, well, they give you PTSD, don't you? They're like, oh, you, the mean girls or those guys over there. And you're, you start sizing up again. It, it happens in our life. And yet, all we want to know, known is to be known. We just want to be recognized at times. Popularity, but it's, it's not always the best, best thing we build our lives on, but people do. Uh, we, we do this with, we do physical abilities, you know, we, we grow up and we, you know, we want to get stronger and healthier. And, and even when we get older, we spend even more time. Because we just decided that we can't eat pizza at midnight every night. And that you have to actually take care of your body because your doctor, your spouse is telling you to do that. And so you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to just build your life. But what happens along the lines is, ooh, that one's kind of tight there. 
Bray, you did a good job stacking these. Wow. Okay, we'll do that one right there. So there's, there's physical abilities, but when that kind of falls apart, right? When we have surgeries and illnesses and everything goes like life-altering diseases, that's, that becomes a little precarious for us. The other thing is just performance. You know, sometimes what we do is we, we try to perform a certain, wow, that one's, that was a little teetering there. And we try to, we try to build our lives on those things. You know, we set goals and dreams and we try to achieve things. And, and, and nothing wrong with success, but it's elusive, right? You get to a place, well, there's always the next thing to do. And I find that even spiritually, where people are trying to be holier than thou, in a sense, and they're trying to be purer in their life. Again, nothing wrong with pursuing holiness. The Lord really does want us to do that. But if it's achieving and trying to perform in a certain way, and when you don't get it, the reality is none of us get it. We kind of like it's not worth it. And so that becomes an issue. Another thing is, is just positions that we look in our life, that there is roles that we try to fill, and there's nothing wrong with those roles that we have, but they, they you, 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 you strive for them, get the right job and the right pay and everything, but then something happens. The company gets bought out. There's, there's unpredictability in the economy. And even though some of you have retired, you put a lot of your identity in your job, and now you're kind of going, just a person, which is a good thing. I'm just a person, but I don't have a title anymore. I don't really have a position. Who am I? It becomes a big thing. The other thing is just possessions. We hold on to things so dearly. We, we try to strive toward things that, um, that, that we want and possess and acquire. And, and, and no, we don't want to live in a cardboard box. You know, that's not really our desire. But I've experienced two house fires in my life, okay? Two's enough, Lord. That's enough, okay? I've lived in the, in the sense like, oh, it's literally going all up in flames. At least it appeared at the moment when I saw them shooting out of the roof. Like, you really begin to think, what really does matter? And then the other one would be pleasure. Nothing wrong with enjoying life. Hey, I'm, I'm heading out on vacation. I get that. I, I want to be able to experience a, a good time and have a good time in life. And, uh, ooh, that's a little there. But pleasure, if you take it too far, what does it lead to? It leads to addiction. It leads to not ever really being satisfied. And then the last one I would say of all of them is this is power. At the end of the day, we just want to be in control of our life. But the more we spend time being in control of our lives, the less control we have, don't we? When we fight for control, it seems like it's slipping through our hands. It's almost quicksand. The more we fight to get ahead and do those things, and, and what we find is that other people are also struggling because they're trying to take control. You've been, have you ever been with two controlling people? It's kind of hard, isn't it? And there's, there's some, some things that happen. So we begin to remove these things in our life and get reposition our life. Life gets pretty precarious. And it doesn't take much for a little, a little nudge a life to happen, right? Just another little thing comes along and things get bumped a little bit and you're just like, you start teetering a little bit and that foundation gets a little shaky and it gets a little shaky in our lives and we find that over and over and over and then we kind of do okay and then we're fine a little bit and then something else happens, right? Something goes on, another, another thing happens, you're like, well, how much more can we take? How much more can we, how much more can we go? right? It's, yeah, there's some stress. Are you guys stressing out on this? 
Oh, I think I'm cheating there. Okay. We could keep going, right? And it kind of builds and builds and builds. And, and pretty soon, pretty soon, pretty soon, right? I got a little bit left. Maybe not. So, so we, we have, let's say, there's times we just feel, well, we feel leveled right? We feel completely leveled. And you've experienced this, like, you've experienced a crash. Emotionally, people have burned out, people have fried themselves, and people, people have just said, I'm out, I'm bailing on life, bailing on a job, bailing on a marriage, and, and even especially in your faith. Do you, do you realize that, that we hit an unprecedented statistic in this, since post-pandemic in church life, just people participating in church? We are the lowest in a church attendance per capita since World War, World War II, the early 1940s. You're like, why 1940s? Millions of men went off to war. They just weren't in the church building. So that's how far we've come. Millions of people. What's going on? Well, it's happening. We've, we've been leveled. And what's taking place, it's alarming rate, is people are talking about deconstructing their faith. Have you heard that before? People, have you read anybody? Has, have you talked to anybody that they're deconstructing your faith? You know anybody like that? Have you, how many have heard that term before? Deconstruct your faith. It's something, it's a buzzword that we're, we're finding. And what people are doing, and not only deconstructing, but they're deconverting. They're I say, I, I, I had that old life, and that I grew up that way. I don't grew up that way. I'm actually, I have a friend, it's so sad, his, his son, he, he de-baptized. So he went into the, went into the water and then came out of the water, reversed his conversion. Isn't that sad? At that level, and there's a level of hurt that he'd gone through in the church and everything like that. Listen, we live in that world. We live in a world where there has been hurt, and people blame family, and they blame the breakdown or social media, and people blame the public school, and they blame the, you know, outside voices. Listen, all of those matter. All of those have. The worldview really does affect things. But we have to go back as what are we really building on? What are we, are we allowing the outside to crush us on the inside? What is really, what is really there? I, I recently connecting with an old friend that has deconstructed his faith. I'm not really sure. He, ta he still talks about God as the creator. He talks about Jesus, but I'm not really sure if we're on the same page anymore when we once were. But I've been walking with him, and it's, it's, it's been really good for me, too, because it's actually bringing me to look at my faith. And what do I hold to? To the things that maybe I prop my life up, life up of religiosity or Christianity, uh, church foundational, or not a foundational, just church traditions that I've held myself to, that do they really matter? Do they really hold to what they were? And so I've been observing and experiencing that deconstruction, if it's going the right way, actually can be necessary for your own faith to actually own your faith. See, I think questions and even questioning is where it leads us to learn to grow and look at our core integrity when the storms come. We need to have environments. We need to have church environments and small group environments and family environments where a, a person goes, I've got a question. In fact, I'm actually kind of questioning right now. And we have to be able to go, that's okay. Let's talk about that. Let's not get... Let's not get shaken ourselves by that question because if we do believe in God, 
a God of, of, of who he is and the character he is, it, it, even though those are, those are shaky questions, it doesn't mean we're going to lose that foundation. And so we need to allow there's a place for existential questions, like who am I? Why am I here? What is the right thing? Why does God allow what he does and what he, he does? And so if those questions, though, here's the challenge, are not in a place to be able to be talked about and even bringing some answers to, what do people do? They go, this is not a safe place for me to, to bring those tough questions. I'm going to go elsewhere, or I'm going to search elsewhere. And whatever is there, have you ever WebMD'd your, your illness? Okay, <laughs> doctors go, don't do that. Okay, I'm telling you, don't do that. Be in the context of community. Doesn't say there's not answers out there you can Google, but certain things require wisdom that Google can't provide. And, and chat, uh, chat GBT cannot give you those answers. No AI is going to give you what you need and the wisdom the Lord has in the context of community that's there. But we have to create a community where it's okay to question and even questioning. There's a safe place for that. There's a great book called Deconstruct Faith, Discover Jesus by Preston Omer, and he interviews Christians, and we say ex-Christians, people that have walked away from the church and you walked away from their faith, and they found one characteristic of all of them that said this, and hundreds of them he interviewed, and why they walked away, or at least one factor was involved in common to all of them was this, that there was an absence of love. That was it. There was an absence of, of love of, of the church. All questions should be able to be asked without judgment, but with curiosity. When someone says, I don't know if I believe this, here's what you can say. Tell me more. Tell me more. Why do you think that way? Tell me, I want, let's get to the deeper foundation. Let's get to the deeper level of understanding. And what you find in the questioning is a lot of times, many times, there's hurt behind it. My friend that I'm talking with, what ended up being was there's some hurt. He experienced some hurt in his family, hurt in the church, hurt in his marriage that he's able now taking this step back and evaluating. And I'm walking with through this. And what I'm discovering is this, is that that actually, as much as that can be alarming for many people, it actually is the way of Jesus. That Jesus done in the right way, Jesus was one of the greatest deconstructionists. He, de he, de he, he deconstructed religion. Think about this. Jesus lived out his faith deconstructing the parts of religion that humans got wrong. In order to express the love of God and, the, and, and to the neighbors more authentically than others overlooked. That was a quote from uh, Preston. That, that, and, I, and I look at that and I'm like, that really is true. That Jesus challenged the religious establishment. He challenged, like, hey, those things were working for a while, but they're not working any longer. Those things that you're building up of human traditions, they don't really mean anything. They're actually trying to control people. See, I, I think what happens is deconstructing that Jesus did was... He was deconstructing religion that had exerted power rather than serving the people. The people were trying to serve this institution that wasn't providing anything for them of meaning any longer for that. Christ wasn't just a carpenter who lived among humans 2,000 years ago. Christ, the carpenter, he's building and he's renovating our lives right now. He's doing this work over and over again. And it's based, as he says here, on his words. Based on the word of God. And I think when, when the, the hearers were hearing this message about building on the rock rather than building on a sand, it really was shocking to the people in the original audience. In fact, at the end of this parable, this is the reaction. In Matthew 7, it says this. When Jesus 
finished these sayings, the crowd was astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. Jesus saying, I have authority here. My word has authority. And, and, as, and hear me on this. Yes, Jesus wants to calm the storms of our life. Jesus did that. He, he, when there's storms in the boat, what did he do? He, he, with his voice, he silenced the storms. Jesus wants to silence the storms in our life, but he also is the one that stirs up the storms as well. Right? There's a shaking that happens, that takes place. And there's a, there's a, there's a promise with this. I love what Hebrews says this, that he shifts and shakes what will stand to build a kingdom that will not be shaken. When shaking takes place, there's a sifting that happens of what truly matters. Where is that foundation? And at times, Jesus, in fact, Ecclesiastes says there's a, there's a time to tear down and there's a time to build. There's a reason at times for deconstruction. There's things that we build up. You know this. There's faulty foundations. There's things that you've kind of build up in your life that are not really helpful for you any longer. And the Lord wants to do some shaking. He wants to get us down to that foundation. The question is, as you're building your life, as your, God helps you build your life, will it withstand? Will it take place? Now, listen to what it says in the NIV in Matthew 7, 24. He says this, Therefore, everyone who, who does what? Hears these words of mine and then does what? Puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Jesus' words is the bedrock. Apostle John says this in the beginning of, of the gospel. John, he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning through all things were made. All things were built. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus came as in creation, partnering in the, with the Trinity. The Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit building together not only the earth and us as creation, but building a body of believers, building, a, building his church. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not come against it. That's the work he's into the building. And, it, and it's funny because Jesus took 30 years to build what did he build? He built furniture. He built houses. He took masonry. He built. He, was, he learned to be a builder for 30 years of building of buildings. And then he goes, I'm going to take the last three years of my life and I'm going to build people based on my building. Jesus took a long approach, but it was so fulfilling because he was building his kingdom. Jesus says, if anyone hears these words of mine, that's great, but what? Not, 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 not just his, not the religious tradition, not just, not just what leaders say. He says, hear these words of mine, put them, putting, he says, put our full weight and truth upon them. He says, therefore, anyway, hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. Is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. It's on that. Put in, into practice is where we find stability, where we find growth, where we have a development in our life. And so that voice that does the deconstruction is the same voice that says, I want to build in you. I want to build your life to be strong. The Bible says, and unless the Lord builds a house, the labors are in vain. So with that, well, how are we going to do? How are we going to build? Well, I want to give you a little outline today to help you in your building. And it starts with some measuring to do that, right? What does carpenters say? You know, measure twice. Is that right? And cut once. Have you done the opposite? I have. 
back to Home Depot, I go, right? More materials. I've learned that. But Apostle Paul puts it in the context, in the dimensions, in the church. He says, I love how it says in the context of love. He says, I pray that you be rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, I want to think of the dimensions that way. How do I build my life on God's word? What do I, where do I go? How do I do that? How do I put it into practice? Jesus says, if you want to be wise, that's what you got to do. The first is this. You need to go deep. And that's by creating a place of stability. By creating a place of stability. When Christy and I, my wife and I were first married, we went to downtown Seattle, went to Pike Street, and we looked across the street, and there was this massive, hill, uh, massive hole. It was so deep. It was many stories down. I'm like, what are they building here? This is a really deep swimming pool. What's going on? What are they doing? Well, the, you saw the, the little sign, what's coming up, what's being built. is this huge skyscraper. If you've ever seen that, how deep they go down, there's probably some parking garages included in that. How far that is to go up. And I would say that in our lives. If you want to go out, if you want to go up in life, you want to see something happen in your life, you got to go deep. If you want a strong marriage that's going to sustain the, the earthquakes of, of whatever seismic shifts that happen, you got to go deep. You got to go deep in your family. You got to go deep in the Word of God, not just Bible studies. Those are the beginning point. Got to know the Word, but putting it in practice, making it a part of your daily life. Construct means to build with, within. That's the work He wants to do, that depth that He wants to bring. Here's the question how deep are you? If you're a mile wide, an inch deep, where's your faith, right? It's like the parable of the seeds. It gets, you know, it gets scorched because it didn't find depth. It didn't find a place to germinate in our life. I love what Paul says this, what we're to do. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and as you admonish one another with all wisdom, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with glad and sincere hearts. Why do we sing? Why do we do that? We're, 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 we're reinforcing truth over and over again. Sometimes we, you get like, well, you just sing that song over and over again. We sing it over and over again, so you get it. So I get it. So I'm singing that tune on a Wednesday when I'm driving in traffic and someone cuts me off. Oh, yeah, the joy of the Lord. Okay, it comes back a little bit. Do I have the joy of Jesus now? I'm singing it. I remember that song from Sunday because we sang it 10 times in a row. It's helpful. It's getting the Word of God deep within us. That's the foundation that we need to build our life. If you want to go to the next level, you got to go, you got to go deep. And I, I would say not only deep by yourself, but deep in the community of believers. I've seen this post-pandemic still happening. As much as we got a good group of people here, there's a lot of people not here, and there's a variety of reasons. Listen, I'll be, you're like, you're a hypocrite. You're going to be gone sometimes. There's going to be sometimes I'm not here too. But what I find is there's less, unless church is so convenient and nothing's going on in my life, the day of, and I feel good, I'll come to church. Do you do that with work? Do you do that with other responsibilities? What if you live that your life that way? Is being here the most important thing? Well, the body of Christ, being a part of it is, knowing God's word, yes, I can just do my own solo Bible study and have my own little thing. Good for you, but you're not building a foundation. Not only depth, but here's the second thing that's important is this, is going broad by creating a place of acceptance. You can't grow big until you go broad. You gotta have a wide stance. 
You got to have, and that's the community of believers around you. You're building a community around you. You're not just your own little pillar, your own little thing. It's so important. I love what Colossians says. He says, you're, you're deeply rooted in him. You're well-constructed upon him. You know your way around faith. You know it. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let, I love this, let your life spill over in, into Thanksgiving. See, this is what I'm learning. I hope this can be liberating for you. It's not for you to try to fill someone else's cup. All you're to do is to empty yours. Just empty your life. What God's filled with you, just share it. You share it. And what I have found is the more I share, the more I get filled. If, it, if I just keep it for myself, I'm like, ah, I think I got it all figured out. No, until I, I'm, I expel myself, until I share it with others. I'm going, oh, Lord, I really need you in a greater way. Lord, I need you. He's saying that to you. Lord, I need you. And that's what's happening. So we bro go broad, and that means you got to be stretched a little bit. That means you got to be uncomfortable a little bit. It means when you're not feeling really great and you come here, but other people come along and, and help you along the lines. It, we do this, you know, our, our building thing. By the way, we, we, we're not quite suing anybody yet because if you know what I'm talking about here, we've been praying. Uh, we did get a little response, a little inch in the direction that they want to talk a little bit and try to work out this driveway. So that, we take it. We take it, right? Uh, so we keep praying. I don't hold my breath, but we keep praying. That, that, so there's little, just keep praying on that specific thing with our driveway as we move forward. But here's the thing. This has been called the connection place for many, many years. And I encourage us, let's be the connection place. Let's be a connector. Let's be the people that God's called us to be. I, I love my wife. I can brag on her. She's not here. She's downstairs working with the kids. My wife is such a connector. You know, she works at the, the bakery in the store there and does all the decorating stuff. But she... So many times people connect with her because she's a stable person. And, and customers and coworkers and people that, that come and, 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 you know, God bless some of the people that come and they, hey, can you literally, like, I need a cake, but can you pray for me too? <laughs> like, okay, I'll pray for you. I'll pray over your cake and pray for you. And, and it's really neat, the opportunity she has. And what is she doing? She's just being stable. She's just being a connector. She's just making herself available so we can brag on her on that, right? Because, but we're all to do that. We're all to have be that type of person. The other thing is this, you know, we were to go, we're going to go broad and also deep. We need to go long by creating a place of forgiveness. You know, my friend, you, some of you have lifelong friends. The friend I've been, he's kind of working through things and deconstructing his faith. I've, been, I've known him 21 years. And we've gone through highs and lows and different things. We went on mission trips together and different things like that. It's not Dwayne, by the way. Um, we were mission trip. Uh, he's doing, uh, but but it's like that. I've known him a long time. And we, we've gone, if I, could, I could just say one word or something, he'll start laughing because he knows that word's connected to something, right? We have that relationship. But over time, it got straight a little bit. He was, he was going off in a different direction. I didn't necessarily chase after him, but I sent a couple texts. And I said, bro, I, he goes, man, no one was there. I was having a tough time, and no one was there, no one was there. And I said, I held up my phone. I said, well, here's my text to you three years ago. Is this the same number you had three years ago? Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where you're at. I didn't know you're almost in a place of death. And we were able to connect that way because we have a long relationship. And we were able to do that. And that's a season I'm grateful for, for him. I love the, the man. And, and yet, there's this deep relationship that gets tested over time. And I want to encourage you with this, what Colossians says this. I love this. 
going long in relationship. Again, it's tied with God's word. We're taking God's word and we're going long in relationship with others. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dear love, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you might have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We have a long relationship with the Lord. Do the word of God by responding in these ways. What are you to put on? As God's chosen. And how are we dearly loved? We're dearly loved. So because of how we're dearly loved, we are to clothe ourselves with these characteristics of the biggest one is forgiving one another. True forgiveness is always proven in our action and our attitude. And it gets tested, right? It gets tested. You, you work through a relationship and maybe people moved on and you reconcile, but you're not, and then you run into in Costco. Isn't that the test? You're like, oh, hi, there you are, right? You know, or fam- I was at a family reunion yesterday. I have some family here, you know. We, we, it's like, it's, you know, these past relationships, long relationships with people take a lot of forgiveness. We do that. But that is the word of God as we, as we go long in, in God's word. And this is finally is this, is to build up by creating a place of encouragement. Finally, we get to the place of building up. I love the word encouragement. It means to speak courage. Paul says this, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in the fact that you're doing. I love that. He says, keep on encouraging, right? You know, the pat on the back once a year with a friend doesn't really like, hey, it's your yearly pat on the back, you know? Good job. We have to constantly do that. We, when we do that, we speak courage in one another. When we do that, it's kind of a shot in the arm. You're, you can do it. You're, we're behind you. And every single person needs encouragement, okay? So if you're a kid here, your mom and dad need encouragement. And your mom, and, 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 and if, you're a, if you're a boss, right, you're, you know, you love to hear from your employees. Hey, you're a great boss. You're, you're, thanks for being this way. We all, doesn't matter if someone's over you or under you or near you, we all need it in our life. It's so important we have that. Don't take people for granted with that. But here's the thing as we wrap up, we're getting close here. Is at the end of it all, and all the, all the building and everything we're doing, here, here's the here's the very basic question, right, is this, is uh, what is it going to cost me, right? We've all had a repair person come out to the house or to your business, and they give the estimate, and you just kind of like, you're, you can't breathe. You just, there's this moment, like they hand it over to you, or they text it to you, you're like, what is it? What's the cost? What is it going to cost me? That is the question you have to answer for yourself today. In, in, following the Lord and, and building a foundation on Jesus, what is going to be the cost you're going to pay? I tell you, every penny, it's worth the cost if we look at this. There's a, 20 years ago, they're building the second Narrows Bridge in Tacoma between the peninsula and the mainland. And, they, they, and it was interesting is they, they got corroded materials, like corroded um, what was it? Stockpile of wiring that was so bad, and so the project got delayed. It got penalties. It was penalized for $12,000 a day for the first 90 days. And imagine this, $125,000 a day for going over the, 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 the due date. 
125,000 a day, a maximum of $45 million, which, which they ended up doing that, $45 million over. And you're like, yeah, we're still paying it, but pay as you go as you cross the bridge all the time now. We're still paying for it. But was it worth it? It was worth every penny. Is this because it's the safety of cars, it's the safety of people, actually, in those cars going across. It, there's a price per square foot of our lives, and it costs. Jesus says this, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if it has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him. Jesus says, as you're building your life, what are you building on? Are you building up your own thing or are you building my thing and what I want to do? And the estimate of that cost is, is, is a big, big factor. But let me tell you what, it cost. It cost Jesus everything for you and I. As, there, as Chris comes, as we wrap up, let me ask this question. What price are you willing to pay to build to withstand the storms of your life? What's the price you're willing to pay? Are you willing to have that quiet time with the Lord each day? That's a price you're going to pay. Time with God. Are you going to spend the quality and quantity time with your family? Are you going to put that time in there? Are you going to put the effort? Are you going to spend time with friends this summer? I love summer. We get to do things and go things. Are you including people in it? If you're doing a fire at the beach, are you inviting some neighbors to come and join you that are probably in their house watching some Netflix? Invite them out in community together. And finally, how are you? And I love tonight we're, we're celebrating those who are serving in the church. Who is it we can serve in the church and in the community? It, it's going to cost us. It's going to have a price. But here's the beautiful thing, as I said, the price has already been paid, what Jesus did. Jesus is our chief cornerstone. Last scripture, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of our life. He is the foundation for our soul. Will you pray with me? Lord, you asked that question after you talked about building and, and basing on, on your word and laying that foundation. You give us a challenge today. What price are we willing to pay? Because, Lord, you did, you did all the heavy lifting. You did all, you brought all the materials. You brought everything to it. You, you, you paid the bill. You, you paid the bill for us to know you to lay our foundation of our lives on you, the foundation of the cross of Jesus. You did that work, Jesus. By going to the cross, you paid the price for our sin. So we, we don't have, there's no way we can earn or do, and have anything, any, any qualifications for heaven. Jesus, you did that for us. Pay that price. Paid in full, the, the invoice says, of our very souls. Lord, you're calling us out of laying, that found, laying our lives on that foundation to build. What are we building upon? As we build upon you, what are we building up? What are we building out? What are, are we going to go broad? Are we going to go deep? Are we gonna, how are we going to do this? But more importantly, are we willing to pay the price for, Lord, what you have laid this foundation that we build our lives on, Lord? So, Lord, will you make it practical for us this week? Will you... Will you speak to us and how we're doing? Or maybe we just need to get a little more serious in, in, in spending time in your word and prayer each day. That, that might be it. Lord, that might be one step. 
For others that might be having some couple time where we really haven't built much in our marriage. We're married, but we haven't really had a date night much. We haven't really spent time together. Lord, will we, will we commit to that as a couple, as a married couple? Will we, will we commit as a family this week as, as we spend time together around the dinner table? Will we spend ex- extended time talking about our lives and, and your word would uh, go, grow deep rooted in us, be rich in what it is, and we would ask each other and challenge each other. And would we, even in the circles of our friends and family, when a question comes or even a questioning of faith, Lord, may we be the people, may we be the people that would would love and would not judge. We would not get rattled by questioning you even, Lord, but we would lean in more, say, tell me more, tell me more. And that we would grow and we learn and we develop. And then, Lord, where deconstruction even needs to take place. Traditions and things that we held to that don't matter a hill of beans, but really what matters is you, Lord. May, may you just give us new, fresh wisdom toward how to, how to live that out. But there will be a price, Lord. The price that you have already paid for our souls now that we build our life upon you. May we be challenged with the, all that grace that was poured. By grace, we are saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, but a gift of God, not by works. Anyone boasts. But we are your God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We, you've built us a place that we can now build a life upon you. So help us to do that, we pray. And then we do that together as a community to reach the people that need to be reached, that need to build their lives, not on more faulty and shaky foundations. Our world will will come and it'll go. World, This world will pass away, but what we know is that you, Jesus, are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the one, the chief cornerstone we build our life upon. Invite others to do as well together, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Invite you to stand, and as you do, we've just got a little bit of time here left. Wow, to take some time to, to just express to the Lord and worship this moment together that we have before we go and how we're going to not just have a Bible study, we're going to go and live out God's Word, put it into practice. But if you need some help today, and in fact, Chris mentioned some healing. I think that's something the Lord is speaking. If some of you just need some prayer for healing or anything else, our, our team's coming right now. Our prayer team, go ahead and come, guys and ladies, and, and we'll be praying for you. But have a great week. God bless you. See you tonight if you're serving.